an accountant wrote a coloring book for adults and then some of the top streamers in the world started fighting over it. What? Well, we're gonna tell you that story right now. The accountant I'm talking about is the very flowers. She's including an accountant for Wolfpack, excellent organization, and to get money out of politics. And she wrote an adult coloring book. It's introducing Color Escape Volume One, an expression and coloring book to inspire, motivate, and manifest greatness in your life. She's actually written several. Devario, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jane. Great to be here. All right, uh, great to have you. So, uh, I want to ask you about your inspiration for the book, and then I know you don't know the story either about how the top streamers in the world are fighting over your book. I'm going to tell you that story, but in a little bit. Please but stop. first of all, okay. <laughs> you're you're an accountant. What are you doing doing coloring books? I am. I'm an accountant, but I'm a political accountant, and. I stay very, very busy. Um, I have two, 3 a.m. work mornings at any point in time in the year. And so I was battling within myself to find balance. And one day my mom was using her color app on her phone. And she said, this is really relaxing, you should try it. And I looked at it, I downloaded the app. I said, okay, this doesn't really work for me. I need to actually color in person, in hand. And so that's how Color Escape was born. Um, I am constantly uh, positively affirming myself and others. Um, And so I put the positive affirmations into an adult coloring book. So the positive affirmations are in the book. And it's, would you say that it's almost a form of meditation uh, to, to do the coloring? Absolutely, and that's where the name was born, Color Escape. It allows us to escape for a moment and just take a minute from our hectic days. So many times we're running doing this and we're doing that. But sometimes you just need to take a minute and escape and think about all of the good things that are going on in your life. And that just kind of settles you, it balances you. So DeVere, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Hampton, Virginia. Okay, and was it uh, uh, the neighborhood that you grew up, was it predominantly African American or no? Predominantly, yes, absolutely, yes, it okay. was. And, um, but my schooling was not. What's that? My schooling was not. Oh, That's interesting, why, what happened with your schooling? Well, I actually was in the gifted program um, from a from elementary school. And so I got bussed around and others got bussed in and I had a very mixed cultural uh, schooling for most of my life. And then I went to college at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. So that's super interesting because I'm trying to figure out like, what about coloring books? Like pop back into your mind as an adult, right? To get you to to go in this direction. And so, what do you think it was? As a kid, I loved to color. So when I saw my mom on this app, and she was just having such a great time, she would click, 
the one um, item and it would turn blue and then another one would turn green. And then before you know it, she had this beautiful flower. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. But wouldn't it be better if you actually had a page that you were coloring? Yeah. And that's where it came. All right, so Devera, you sent me a copy of your book. Now I know it's for grownups, right? And and I, I know that it's like almost a form of therapy. Um, uh, but we we're doing, uh, we I decided it was, we we're doing something called Round Robin or Red Robin. I don't even know what it's called uh, exactly, but that's where you exchange gifts, okay? And okay. and then, but there's a fun part of the game where you could steal another person's gift, okay? If you go later than them, okay? You know this. Right. So, but we decided to play it on Thanksgiving instead of Christmas. And, uh, and and I went over to my nephew's house uh, for Thanksgiving, and my nephew is Hassan Piker, who is one of the top streamers on Twitch. And then yeah. he had another friend over who's an even bigger streamer on YouTube. Okay, so these are literally wow. some of the top streamers in, in the world. And uh, mm -hmm. and I had put in your book, and I know it's for grownups, and I thought, but I got the two kids and. Probably eventually the grown-ups will pass it on to Joy, my 10-year-old daughter, right? And all of a sudden, yeah. everybody starts stealing it. Okay. <laughs> so one guy wants it and the other one wants it and then there's drama around it. So and oh my I, I, I couldn't get it back for my daughter or for me. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so I think Hassan so has it. So, uh, so now, how many that's books have you done? That's a good story, right? Now you got to. Eat. That's a great story. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Maybe they'll color it on uh, on air. <laughs> It'll become a thing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I mean, they play video games on air. Why not do coloring on air? Why not? <laughs> All right. We uh, should tell them that, Jake. Should tell them that. I will. I'll text them. I'll tell them. Um, <laughs> So uh, one more thing, um, at least. Uh, so, how many books have you written now, Devaria? There are actually three in my collection. We have the adult one; that was the first one, and then we have a children's um, coloring book because they also need to start at a young age, um, positively affirming themselves, and you know, getting in a good vibe with everything that's going around. One of the pages in the children's book uh, says no bullying allowed. Uh, there's a lot of that going on in the schools now. So just something to show our children that you too can have positive affirmations and you can escape for a moment from your day from school. And then I did um, the toddler edition. And that's called Color Escape, learning my ABCs and one, two, three. And that's a learning and activity book that has alphabets and numbers where they can trace and learn how to write their the capital letters and the lowercase letters and their numbers. And they color the pictures with the actual objects that are within that alphabet. And within those numbers, they can count the like say there are 10 apples for the number 10. And then at the end of the toddler edition, we have positive affirmations for them as well because it's never too soon to start speaking life into someone.
I love it. So guys, we're gonna put the link in the description box for how you can get Deveria's books. So make sure you check that out. And then Deveria, let's talk about the positive affirmations for a second. What do you do? You think that's materially helped you in your life to to see those, to write those, to share those? Absolutely. I started the book with my favorite affirmation, and that one says, "Life can be beautiful." I had a very special person, oh, about twenty-five years ago, to speak that over my life, and. Sometimes when I'm having a rough day and things just don't seem to be going right, I can pick up that book or I can remember that thing and just say life can be beautiful. And then I ended the book with my next favorite saying, and you will notice in everything that I publish, I will always end with this saying, and it is I am enough. And that is something that we all need to be reminded of, especially in these times. No matter what we're doing, no matter where we're going, we are enough for whatever situation we're in, whatever path that life takes us. It's always good to remember, you know what? I am enough. And so all of my publications will always end with that affirmation. No, I, I love that because. Um, because society is always telling you that you're not enough. That's why you need that affirmation. Yeah. You didn't do this right, you didn't do that right, you weren't sufficiently this, you weren't sufficiently that. When in reality, you are who you are and it's plenty good enough, right? Don't let anybody get into your head. And so, Absolutely. and Devaria, has your life been an example of that? I mean, looking back on it, uh, the you know, you were in that gifted program uh, and, uh, and, you wound up becoming an accountant, which is kind of an, an interesting path that you took. And when you look back at it, do you think, yeah, God damn, I was about to say, God damn it, I, I am enough. Yeah, there are days that I still have to tell myself that, especially with the field of accounting that I went into. Uh, the political atmosphere, as you know, it changes constantly. And just trying to keep up with the rules, the regulations, the laws, and keeping everybody happy. I don't just get clients just to have clients to make money. When I have a client, I grow with them. I believe in growing their businesses. I help them to become more than enough so that they're successful. And I not only speak over my own life, I try to help everyone that I come into contact with. All right, so the last thing, um, why political accountant? I've always wondered that, uh, how did you get into that? Actually, my first client uh, with my business was Jane Hampshire of the Fire Dog Lake Company. Oh, I remember Jane. And yeah, exactly. And through Jane, those first few years with her, I got to meet so many people that were in the political atmosphere. And back then, starting a political action committee, it was kind of new. And the progressive Democrats were just um, starting to get into this field. And they needed more help with accounting and getting things set up and working with the Federal Election Committee. And so that was a niche that I developed for my business. 
And so that's what I do. Love it. I've been doing it for years now, but Jane is the one that actually got me into the political field. All right, and good to know. I didn't know that before. All right, well, look, uh, as I said, uh, we uh, have DeVaria's our account on Wolf Pack, Rebellion Pack, and many others. I trust her 100%. And so when I saw that she'd done this book, that was a fun story. So, DeVaria, thank you so much for coming on and sharing it. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. Anytime. All right, our next guest is a Republican being attacked by other Republicans. And she's also part of a legendary basketball family, of course. Uh, so we're talking about Amy Tarkanian. She is a former Nevada State GOP chairwoman and a Republican strategist. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. So things uh, got a little wild in Nevada. Uh, and uh, I wanna show people a quick clip of some of your Republican opponents in their wild attacks against you and then and have you comment on it. This is a part of it, guys, let's show you. This girl, Miss Alcoholic that she is, this panty dropper after two shots, okay? This girl, if you want a piece of Amy, give her two shots, she'll give it to y'all, okay? This girl campaigned against my best friend. In Brooklyn, she'd get a beat, but here we have a couple of other rules, so we can't break her fingers. You know what I mean? Just kidding, just kidding. Amy, that's crazy. So tell us who, first of all, who is that? Sure, well, that's Las Vegas City Councilwoman Michelle Fiore, and she was the Nevada Republican nominee for state treasurer. Okay. And that part that you showed wasn't even the worst part. Well, breaking your fingers would be pretty bad. Uh, and then, yeah. and then. Well, and, and considering she's actually in the middle of a lawsuit with another city councilwoman because she actually physically assaulted her in city hall to the point where she did break her fingers and the city councilwoman had to go and have surgery. So when she says she's kidding, not clear that she's kidding because she's literally done that before. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. So this fight within the Republican Party is is deeper and crazier than people even realize. Um, so I, I want to talk about the voters eventually because I think that's critical. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's keep going with her. So why is she so upset at you? <laughs> Well, there are a number of Republicans who just couldn't take the fact that they that somebody like her was going to be our nominee and represent our state. And when I mean somebody like her, it's somebody who lacks integrity and, and character, um, somebody whose morals do not meet our standards. And so this time you saw a number of voters actually vote for the individual person rather than party. And you, we actually saw that across the board. You saw a, a number of people who voted split ticket. And the best friend that actually she mentions in that clip that you showed was the attorney general nominee who actually got caught saying that our current attorney general should be hanging by an effing crane and he's black. Jesus, all right, yeah. so look, uh, th there's uh, more attacks against you that we're gonna talk about in a second too and more people doing it. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, 
you endorse a couple of Democrats, right? Even though you, you're a lifelong Republican in Nevada. Mm -hmm. So uh, why did you do that? Now, I, I, I'm sure I agree with you in endorsing the Democrats. You and I generally don't agree on policies. I'm a progressive, you're a Republican. But obviously, it was extraordinary for you to endorse a Democrat. So why? Well, as you just saw, I mean, that, that actually made it pretty, pretty clear that I made the right choice and it just, um, it, it basically showed the public because I had so many people saying, my gosh, that was so violent, so disgusting. I feel so bad for you, you don't deserve that. I hope that video goes away. And I said, well, you know what? This is something that I've been dealing with for, for a very long time um, from this current uh, group of leaders, if you will, in the Republican Party. And she's also not just a city councilwoman, but she's also our national committee woman for the state party. And her combined with the state party chair, they behave like thugs, bullies, they harass people. And so once again, it made my decision very easy because I know that the that the incumbents in the two races in particular that I came out for, and that was for the state treasurer, Zach Conine, and for the attorney general, Aaron Ford. I know that they have done an excellent job. We may not always agree, you know, 100%. I don't always agree 100% with the Republican. But guess what? I know that they're going to get the job done at the end of the day, and they're going to do it with integrity, and they're not going to embarrass our state. Well, so since I'm on the left, I'm glad they didn't listen to you because the folks that you know you wound up endorsing against lost, generally speaking, and as they did throughout the country, by the way, because they picked ridiculous extreme candidates that say the kind of things that we just showed you on that tape. Now, you mentioned that wasn't even the worst of it. What was the worst of it? Well, she actually alluded to saying that me and the attorney general were having an affair. So you heard her saying, you know, oh, she's, you know, however she stated, two drinks and, you know, her panties drop or whatever, which is disgusting in the first place. But then to go so far as to say that I'm having an affair with the attorney general and that's why I endorsed him. I mean, he's a married man, happily married man. I'm a happily married woman. We both have families. So that's very reckless rhetoric to be sharing without anything to back it up with. And you're married to Danny Tarkanian, who legendary basketball coach Jerry Tarkanian's son, but he's also involved in Republican politics, right? Correct, he's currently a Douglas County commissioner. Yeah, so Amy, um, what? I want to come back to some other male Republicans also attacking you too in a second. But as I look at that tape, look, I, you know, I haven't, I, when I was younger, I was a Republican, but I haven't been a Republican in decades. So I got no interest in, in protecting the Republican Party. But that's, it still feels a little different than it used to be. Like, because oh, yeah. in the old days, that would have turned off the voters. That kind of crazy talk about personally right. attacking someone like that. But I'm not sure it's turning off Republican voters anymore. What's your sense of it? Well, it depends on, I guess, the location, unfortunately. I mean, here in Nevada, we're purple and we actually lean blue. We have a Democratic trifecta and we didn't pick up one new seat in the state legislature. And we did win the governor and the lieutenant governor, but they're gonna be twiddling their thumbs. And I mean, we can have a whole nother discussion on, on why that took place. However, I think when you see candidates 
like Michelle Fiore that you just aired, like Sagal Chada, who was our attorney general nominee, who actually goes on social media and threatens physical harm on people and also threatens to um, you know, take them to court if, if it's somebody who she feels is her um, enemy. Uh, it, it's asinine. And then you also had then our Secretary of State candidate, Jim Marchant, who is a Mike Lindell BFF and claims that we have systemic voter fraud without any evidence to back it up. So when you see a combination of this misbehavior of this brash, uh, obnoxious, rude, demeaning behavior, it turns off the voters. And I think unfortunately, it has to do with President Trump. And I voted for President Trump twice, and I was a delegate for President Trump. So when I say this, I, I, don't, I don't say it lightly, but I think the people felt that that was, that was the formula, that was the winning formula. So they were going to try to pretend to be President Trump. And instead, you see candidates that were spreading lies about the election process, that were foul-mouthed, that were bullying and harassing people. And they felt that that made them tough and strong. Instead, I think you see people wanting to have policies that are going to be positive, but wrapped in a statesman or stateswoman package. So Amy, that's a super interesting point, and I, I feel now bad that I hadn't thought of it before. Because look, we've been saying on the show that Trump has given permission for people to act in these outrageous ways. So that's fairly common knowledge, but I hadn't thought through that the politicians are different than the voters. And the politicians try to copy successful models. So they're literally trying to copy him. That's why they're saying more and more outrageous things. And, and that's why we're seeing the phenomenon, that's super interesting. But then, and you're right that there's no question it's failing in general elections. I mean, there, there was a question before, but the midterm settled that question. Whoever was a more extreme Trump candidate lost. And, Correct. Uh, and But more mainstream Republicans, who I still, I disagree with 90%, 95%, 98% with, right? Like the Kemp's and the Abbott's and the DeSantis, they didn't just win, they crushed. So it was obviously not a rejection of Republicans, it was a rejection of Trump Republicans. And so- Well, yeah, yeah, the presentation. Right, and so, and I'm sure that you and I disagree on policy, etc. But, but within Republican primaries, it seems like the Trump side's still winning. Uh, am I seeing that wrong? Uh, or like, or I'll ask it in the form of a question, what do you think is gonna happen next? Is there a chance that your side of the party recaptures the party or are these Fiori types going to win going forward within the primaries? I would like to hope that the pendulum swings sooner rather than later. I don't know if that's going to take one election or two elections to actually get back on track. But there are a number of people who are brainwashed now and I don't know if we can get them all back. When you have people in the state party, such as the, the current chair, the national committee man, national committee woman, who do not even blink an eye and they continue to spread the misinformation, disinformation on candidates and on the election process. I think it really, it, it, it hurts not just the party, but it hurts 
it hurts the democracy overall. And they feel emboldened though, I think. You know, they don't they feel like they're untouchable. And so if they're able to go around and and share this information with people who maybe are more low informed voters and don't do the research and don't eat, sleep and breathe politics like you or I, they're going to believe what these people have to say, unfortunately. And I think that's why you see far right candidates, you know, make it through the primary, but then on the other hand, you also see far left. You know, a couple of years ago we had the Democrat Socialists take over the Democratic Party here in the state of Nevada. And the Harry Reid side said, you know, sayonara, and they took their money and, and went elsewhere. And so, I mean, it's been a big problem. But I think really what this does is since we have the fastest growing registration in the state of Nevada is third party. It would go third party, Democrat, and then Republican. And I think there's several reasons for that. One is our DMV actually will put you into the nonpartisan role if you don't check a box. But more than that, you have people coming out by the drove saying, I don't have a home. I'm so sick of this toxicity on the far left and on the far right. Can't we have somebody normal in the middle that can have a normal, rational conversation? And I think that's where we're at now. Yeah, I'm sure that I would disagree with you on how you've characterized the far left in Nevada. But that's okay, we disagree, there's nothing wrong with that. We're just trying I to- I will tell you though, I have some of my closest friends that are actually to the far left and we get along fabulously. Because you know why? Because we respect each other. Yeah, well that's part of what I was gonna say. I mean, if you're you know, in DSA, and I'm not in DSA, but I am certainly very much on the left. You might have policies that that uh, they might have policies you disagree with vehemently, Amy. Uh, but they're not going to try to break your fingers or say that you're sleeping with people you're not right. sleeping with. Like it's, I mean, the, the left doesn't. I mean, in my experience, the left doesn't do that at all. Um, right. Well, and then the other problem that we had here was the state party then enabled the county parties, and they felt that if you weren't Republican enough. And if you asked questions, or if you didn't ask the right questions, or if you didn't agree with them 100% on every single issue, then they excommunicated you. So over the last year and a half or so, they kicked out over 100 people saying that you're not welcome, you're not Republican enough. I mean, what kind of a strategy is that? Because then that has a ripple effect because we have friends, we have family. And if those people see that you're being mistreated after walking hundreds of hours you know, door to door for, for candidates and making phone calls, do you think they're gonna go and vote for the Republicans? Absolutely not. So I don't know what kind of you know, strategy that was, but it wasn't a very smart one. And we saw the same thing with Carrie Lake in Arizona when she said, if you're a McCain Republican, get out. I mean, I think you need every vote. Yeah, well, she certainly needed a couple more votes. She lost, right? Yeah, and it's it's interesting because the, the woman in the clip that you showed, you know, I'm now the new villain. And so I think she was lashing out, she was angry, she's miserable, she lost, I get it. I've been on the winning side and the losing side and it is awful. But she was lashing out, she was not even close in her election. And then her best friend had the biggest margin 
of loss in the entire state. And yet I'm the reason why they lost. Me and, and a bunch of other Republicans that came out publicly against them for good reason. And we are now the reason, we're the villains, yet there's no self-reflection. Yeah, 100%. Last question is Michael McDonald, chair of the Nevada Republican Party. So it wasn't just women, it was also male Republican leadership attacking you. What did he yeah. say about you? Oh, that I'm not a real Republican, and you know the way that he talks to the crowd. He he says, you know, I know who you are. If you don't think people aren't listening to what you have to say, that we're listening. I, you know, you're gonna get what what comes to you. Yeah. Basically, is what he's. I'm gonna get what's coming to me. What is that supposed to mean? I mean, it sounds like like a thug. Yeah, I saw the clip and he did, he sounded like an absolute thug. I couldn't believe he was saying that about anybody, let alone a woman, let alone a woman in his own party. Super last thing, Amy, is the crowd reaction, right? You would think that people would be, go, whoa, whoa, what are you, what, somebody's talking about breaking fingers, the other one's like, oh, we're gonna get her and she'll see what's coming to her and stuff. That, that I mean, these are Republicans, we were told that they care about family values and, and traditional conservative you know values and all those things and and the crowds eating this up isn't that super disheartening well i think in the beginning you can hear some people laughing and cheering and i at first when the video was shown to me i thought well is this like a a shtick that she's got going on is this going to be like a comedy thing where she thinks she's being hysterical by making fun of me and then she's going to pivot no, and so I think the more that she digs in, you can hear people say like, "Stop! Oh, that that's classless," you know. And then you see people get up and they leave. And I was told, actually, that the more she kept talking, the more people actually left the room. All right, well, that's encouraging. We end on an yeah. <laughs> encouraging note there, Amy Tarkanian, with a very interesting experience in the Republican Party in Nevada. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me.